0: I'm Brett from Heinemann, and this summer on the podcast, we're going to be taking a break from our normal content. This past year has been draining for everyone, especially teachers, and we wanted to do what we could to help educators take a breather. For the next several weeks, we'll be sharing examples from some of our audiobooks, and we hope that you'll be able to sit back, relax, and enjoy these replays. Today in the podcast, we have a sample from the audio companion to 180 days. Two Teachers and the Quest to Engage and Empower Adolescents by Kelly Gallagher and Penny Kittle. 180 Days represents the collaboration of two master teachers, Kelly Gallagher and Penny Kittle, over an entire school year, planning, teaching, and reflecting within their own and each other's classrooms in California and New Hampshire. Inspired by a teacher's question, how do you fit it all in? They identified and prioritized the daily, essential, belief-based practices that are worth spending time on. They asked, who will these students be as readers and writers after a year under our care?
1: The 180 Days project began as an earnest attempt to share the decisions Penny and I make when determining what will fit into a single school year. To move beyond the surface-level responses we had grown accustomed to giving, we decided that the best way to get to the answer was to first plan a year together and to then teach a year together. The audio companion you're listening to captures a glimpse of that year. The 180 Days book, however, has evolved into much more than simply sharing what we did. For more on our process, I highly recommend reading the book as well. At its heart, 180 Days is about why we did what we did. Creating a classroom conducive to raising engaged readers, writers, listeners, speakers, and thinkers continually led us back to closely examining our decision-making process. And teaching the units we designed meant paying attention throughout the unit to what our students were learning. That led to unforeseen lessons that had to be taught or retaught. This created tension in our year plan, since extending time during one unit constricted time for something else. The bottom line? It didn't all fit. Given the demands of the modern-day classroom, we were forced to make critical additions and deletions. We began making these decisions in the summer before we met our students. And we continued to make them as the year unfolded. Often we found ourselves making decisions while standing in front of a room full of adolescents. In this audio companion, it is our intention to capture some of these decisions and to share our thinking behind them. Truth be told, both of us are feeling a sense of unease in opening up our classrooms to this level of public scrutiny. This attempt to show why we do what we do and exposing all that we didn't get to in a year of teaching, even with our best intentions, is very different from writing a book that simply shares what we would like to do. It feels risky to have to account for sometimes painful decisions. Why does this stay in? Why does this get cut? Why are we teaching it this way? Why did this work? Why did this not work? What should we do next? We think about this work constantly, our spouses would say obsessively, and we still don't have all the answers we're seeking. But we know this, teaching is seductive simply because of its complexity. We want our love of English to be present in the lives of our students this year, and we want our lessons and units to be clearly organized in order to effectively teach well, day in and day out. We invite you to share the journey with us in this audio companion, as well as the 180 Days book, and even online, where you will find videos of our team teaching, conferences with our readers and
2: writers, and planning discussions we held throughout the year. Our two schools. When Kelly first walked into my classroom, he scanned the six round tables with four chairs each and asked, where do all the rest of the students sit? Classes are small or just right in my school, a product of declining enrollment and administrative determination to provide excellent conditions for learning. Ten years ago, I taught 34 seniors squeezed into a portable on the back lot behind an overcrowded, crumbling 1923 building. In 2007, a new high school was built, creating new opportunities for the use of space. I have almost 2,000 books organized into categories, like a bookstore, in tall shelves that rim my classroom. My walls are painted with bright colors. My classroom is a warm and inviting place. My school has a vibrant career and technical center, and the Little Eagles Preschool Playground is outside the windows along one wall. When the weather cooperates, my students work next to the squeals and giggles of four- and five-year-olds. The school is built on a hill one mile from the center of a small collection of towns and is surrounded by forest. Black bears occasionally wander through the parking lot. When I first stepped from the blazing California heat into the dark of Kelly's classroom, the first thing I noticed was books and the annoying buzz of the air conditioner. Kelly also has an extensive classroom library organized by categories, The second thing I noticed was lots and lots of students, 38 of them in Kelly's ninth grade class. Students are jammed into desks from one side of the classroom to the other, which is why Kelly strongly encourages the regular use of deodorant. Kelly's portable classroom is wedged into the back of the school. Unlike Kennett High School, Magnolia High School has received only superficial facelifts over the years, and it shows. Kelly's Portable has drab beige walls made of cloth-like material, thus making them impossible to paint. The school, located in the center of urban sprawl, has mostly concrete grounds with little vegetation. There is zero chance that a black bear will wander through the parking lot, though stray dogs are not uncommon. After our initial visits to each other's classrooms, we were intrigued by our different teaching worlds. And these visits led us to consider some interesting questions. In what ways would a ninth grade year in New Hampshire look the same as a ninth grade year in California? In what ways would they look different? What is common no matter where you teach? How will our very different environments shape our decision making? How will the difference in the hours we have to teach students affect our decision making? What kind of cross-country collaboration might occur between our students? How might our kids benefit from this collaboration? We knew it would be easier to continue to do what we have done for years. But after visiting each other's classrooms, we could see that a collaboration would challenge our thinking and our practices. These questions would push us both to new understandings of teaching and learning.
1: How This Audio Companion Is Framed.
2: The rest of this
1: audio companion is divided into six sections. The first section, planning the year, takes you through the process we used, and you might consider, to plan a year of teaching. One, start with beliefs. Two, map a year of reading. Three, map a year of writing. Unlike the 180 Days book, This audio companion is organized chronologically, which means the four sections after planning the year correspond with the four quarters of the school year. In those four sections, we detail the decisions we made in four discourse studies: narrative, informational, argument, and multi-genre. Our hope is that by listening to the decisions Penny and I made as we plan together, you will be inspired to reimagine the beautiful possibilities for your teaching. We know that the choices we make about how to spend time show students what we value. Our choices determine what our students will do and what they will learn. This responsibility is daunting, and it is exhilarating. We are already making choices about what fits, but in August, time feels expansive. The year is filled with possibility. We will discover books that will keep us up late at night. We will learn new technologies to lead our students. We will live as readers and writers in a community with fascinating, complex young people. We are ready to lead and to follow them. We can't wait to get started. We hope you have enjoyed this week's
0: audiobook sample. If you'd like to hear more, you can head over to our new audiobooks feed where you can browse our full catalog and listen to more samples. Just search for Heinemann Audiobooks wherever you listen to podcasts the Heinemann podcast is a production of Heinemann publishing it is produced and edited by Steph George sound mixing by Steph George our creative producer is Lauren Audette and our executive producer is me Brett Whitmarsh to learn more about the Heinemann podcast visit blog.heinemann.com thanks for listening